Good morning, Mercy Vineyard. Thank you so much for joining us this morning for our online service. Thank you so much and uh, welcome. We pray that God blesses you through today's sermon and through worship today. So let's go to him in prayer and then we will get going. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come humbly before you and ask us, uh, ask you to have your way. Would you bless us through this message? Would you bless us with the understanding of you and your divine presence? Would you uh, uh, take us to a whole new level, to a whole deeper depth with you through today's worship experience? And I pray that you would get all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 So, I have a question for you. Have you ever received a gift that you didn't know what to do with? Maybe somebody bought you something or maybe you went to a store and purchased something and it came with a gift that you weren't expecting or maybe you didn't even want. Well, my wife, she went to a certain vendor and she made this purchase and with that purchase came this huge tote a huge bag and she's looking at this thing like what am I ever going to do with such a large bag and so that thing went into the closet for years got dusty well years later she broke it out she pulled it out and uh, I see her stuffing that thing with with beach towels and and with bug spray with with uh, uh, waters and with uh, what is it called sunscreen all this stuff that we needed to go on vacation Guess what? It all fit in that one big bag. You see, we never knew that we needed it, but just when we needed it, it came in handy right on time. Now, she's a mom. She knows all the stuff that we need to go on vacation. Me, I'm just simple. <laughs> I just make sure I have my wallet, my keys, and my phone, and I'm out of the door, right? Simple, basic Gary. Now, many of us who are already followers of Jesus, maybe that's you sitting here today, uh, maybe you could relate to this story. Maybe you can relate that story to your own supernatural or spiritual experience in life. You know, uh, uh, many of us uh, have been in relationship with Jesus. And those of you who are not in relationship with Jesus, this message will help you to understand how things are going to go, what you can expect when you make Make that decision to follow Jesus for yourself. You see, when we get into this relationship with Jesus, uh, it comes with a free gift. It comes with uh, uh, something that we didn't necessarily ask for. It, it comes with this gift that didn't, we didn't really know we needed. It comes with this gift that so many of us, uh, we don't even want because we've resisted it for so long. You see, some of us, still don't know what to do with it because they're like me, simple-minded, simple Christians that just grab their wallet and their keys and they're out of the door. Well, those who are followers of Jesus are given the presence of a person, a divine power, one who offers miraculous enablement, one who offers official authority and power to fulfill God's purposes for your life, to do the stuff that Jesus did himself. You know who it is? We receive the the person of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. Throughout this series, this is a new series entitled Empowered. 
And in this series, we'll talk about some of the things that, uh, that will empower us. We'll talk about the Holy Spirit who empowers us, but some of the things actually that we get to do because we are empowered, because we get to do the same stuff that Jesus did when he was right here on the earth. I'd like to teach a little bit today about uh, the foundational person who we are to rely upon when we get into this relationship with Jesus and start taking him seriously. You see, today I want to preach empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to focus on this verse here, which is Acts chapter number one, verse number eight. It reads in the NIV version, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus here is speaking uh, to his apostles, right? His followers, his disciples that became the leaders of the church. This is post-resurrection, right? Jesus has risen from the dead and now meets with his followers, right? These are his final words before he ascends bodily back into heaven, right? Jesus calls this meeting with these apostles to give them some final instruction, to really inform them that they need to get ready, that something's coming, that he's going to send them this divine power that's going to help them to do everything that he's called them and molded them, shaped them, and trained them to do. See, what does this have to do with me? I'm sure some of you are asking. Gary, what, why are you telling me about this ancient history, this stuff that happened 2,000 years ago, that stuff that's in the Bible, that stuff? That, what, what does it have to do with me? Well, I'd say if you are following Jesus or thinking about following Jesus, everything. It has everything to do with you because this verse here informs you. It for, informs you of that same power that is available to you, that same power that you receive when you become a follower of Jesus. And it actually offers us instructions, right? These instructions that are applicable to our Christian lives. There's a person bringing power and purpose into our lives. Power and purpose right here, he says, to be witnesses, witnesses for Jesus. So let me answer this question. Who is this Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit is often the most neglected, the most overlooked person in the Trinity. The Trinity is God. The Trinity is the three person God, right? It's not a three headed monster, but it is the unity of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right. They are the Trinity. They are God. If you grew up in certain Christian denominations or circles, uh, maybe you were taught to watch out for those people who talk about the spirit. Uh, watch out for those people who, who, who get all involved in that Holy Spirit. Or maybe you weren't taught about the Holy Spirit at all. Maybe you were just taught about Jesus or, or just the father and the son. Right. Maybe you grew up in uh, on the other extreme where the spirit was the only member of the Trinity. The spirit, the Holy Spirit was the only uh, uh, person of God. And, 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 and you know, some and, and you think uh, you suspiciously about some of these other folks who don't ever mention the Holy Spirit. Well, let me tell you this. The spirit is God. 
Yes, occasionally he brings goosebumps and wonderful fun feelings. Yes, the Holy Spirit can even uh, uh, make miracles manifest. And I've experienced those things. I've experienced that, that heat that some, some people, some denominations uh, talk about and experience. I've experienced the tingling, the, the uncontrollable vibrations, the, the overwhelming emotional presence of God. But I've also experienced the healing power of the Spirit. I've also experienced the, the power of gifting to share in the ministry of Jesus. Right? Those things that we find in the scriptures that God tells us that he's given us this Holy Spirit exactly for. So who's the Holy Spirit? He's God's animating divine force on loan to us for life, on loan to us for our purpose, to fulfill the purpose in our lives, for us to have power to do everything that Jesus has called us to do. His primary purpose is to attract humans to Christ by making all things new. In order for us to really comprehend this Spirit, this Holy Spirit, we need to not just look at the New Testament, which the book of Acts is located in, but we need to go back to the beginning. We need to investigate where's the first time that we see the Spirit in the Holy Scriptures. Well, I'll tell you. It's in right in the first couple of verses of the Bible. Genesis chapter number one, verses one and two. Maybe you never noticed the Holy Spirit moving in that passage. Let's read it together. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Let's break this down, right? Look at this verse. In the beginning, God. If you go back and look at some, some Hebrew, the original language, we see that Moses, the, the, the thought of writer of this passage, uh, wrote, In the beginning, Elohim. Who is Elohim? Elohim is the plural name for God. If we really translate it into English correctly, uh, we would say, In the beginning, God's. This is the Trinity at work right here in the beginning of the scriptures in the Old Testament. In the first two verses, God inspires Moses to write it that way. Interesting, right? But it says in the beginning, God, right, created the heavens and the earth and the earth was what? Formless and empty. In your Bible, it might say formless and void. You see, the, the Hebrew there is tohu wabohu, which means darkness, void, emptiness. It means a wasteland or a waste world. It means destruction. It means some chaos is going on right now on this planet Earth. And then it says the spirit of Elohim, right, hovers over the deep. The spirit, or the Hebrew word there is ruach. You got to get that going on when you say that word. So the, the, the ruach of Elohim hovers over the deep. What does that mean? The, the, the word ruach means wind or breath or mind or spirit. In other words, it's the personal presence of God hovering over this chaos. This very spirit 
is hovering over all of the darkness that happens right here on this earth. And he actually makes all things new. You see, if we read on in Genesis chapter one, we see, I don't want to spend all the time on this, but watch this. If we keep reading, we see that in this darkness, right, comes light. He manifests or, or, or makes light out of darkness. If we keep reading, we see that he makes land out of water. He makes oxygen out of nothing in order to sustain life. He makes vegetation out of the ground in order to sustain creation. He makes living organisms out of the water, right? We thought that uh, the what, evolution, we, we got it all straight with, with science. Yeah, God said, I wrote that thousands of years ago. Y'all just finding that out? I, he says that he, what, what else did he do? He made humans out of the dirt. And what did he do? He blew his ruach into the nostrils of the first human, making humans into living souls. Empowered, right? He empowered these humans for the purpose of carrying out, right? Making all things new on this earth, making all things good on this earth. You see, it's God's spirit his empowering energy, his personal presence, uh, right? It's, it's all in this Old Testament and in the New Testament. It's not some new phenomenon. God has always existed through his spirit on this earth. So that's what Acts chapter 1, I believe, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is really uh, talking about. This Holy Spirit empowers us to be witnesses. Watch this. To testify of what we've seen, heard, or experienced. That's what a witness does. Have you ever been to court? I've been to court, right? You, get, you call a witness up to tell what's, what did they see, what did they hear, what did they experience, what's the truth? Mm. He wants to empower us with a word. That's powerful, right? Because words are powerful. It's Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22 that says death and life are in the power of the tongue. To speak into someone's life is what God wants us to do because words are powerful. He wants us to be witnesses. He wants us to be communicators. He wants us to let other people know more about Jesus. He wants us to speak into someone's life when they need it the most. To encourage someone with a word when, they don't when we don't necessarily know what to say. He can empower us to have words that we haven't even thought of yet. Because with Jesus, you have more in your bag than you've ever imagined. See, the Holy Spirit empowers each of us in a variety of ways to make an impact for the ministry of Jesus Christ. So. How do we experience the empowerment of the Holy Spirit so that we can make a, a difference? We can make an impact in this world. Well, we will explore more of this throughout this series, right? Throughout this series, we're going to talk about uh, this, this empowerment we have to pray and this empowerment we have to serve, this empowerment we have to even uh, be in community and receive so much from our community. So stay tuned. But I'm going to answer that question with one point and one point only. How do we experience this empowerment of the Holy Spirit? Well, we need to connect with the Holy Spirit. Connect. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul is very uh, uh, powerful in this verse when he writes, uh, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Right. What is he saying? He's saying if you are a follower of Jesus, if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord at that moment, he says you got the Holy Spirit. It's not he's not somebody that you have to wait for to come up. And when you go, come, Holy Spirit, I've been I've been waiting for you all. this. He says he's already inside of you. That promise Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit seals you. Scripture even goes on to say if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to Christ. So. He is already in you. You have this free gift when you connect it with Jesus, right? Whether you feel him or not. You see, God loves you. He loves you so much that he wants to be with you at all times. He never wants you to be separated from him. I don't ever want any of us to uh, uh, mistake that great love of God for agreement with our choices. See, sometimes we think that God loves us so much that he's just like an old dad sitting up there like, oh, it's my cute kids. They just doing whatever they're doing bad, but they get it together. You know, uh, no, no, no. He's not an old guy sitting up in the cloud, just shaking his head with a long beard. That's not God. OK, uh, get that image out of your mind. <laughs> but our choices sometimes can squash the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. You see, the Holy Spirit is in us and no, he never leaves, but sometimes he feels so distant because of our choices. The Apostle Paul actually really makes this clear that, that our humanity and our flesh and our selfishness can, and our lust can really take over and really make the Holy Spirit's voice, that small voice that's right there, just sound so distant. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, says it this way. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Filled with this pneuma, this ruach. <laughs> Amazing things happen publicly and privately when we set our agendas aside and we allow ourselves to be filled with, guided by, even controlled by, the Holy Spirit. You see, oftentimes we want our way, right? But if we just allow God to have his way, some amazing things can happen in our lives. Paul uses this illustration in this passage of coming under the influence, we'll call it. Now, I know that all of y'all out there are just too goody two shoes to ever have been under some influence of anything. Maybe. Uh, but. I can tell my story, right? I have had younger and dumber days, uh, and really all of us have, have had younger and dumber days, and I've had times in my life where I've ignored my own boundaries, and maybe you have places in your life where you've ignored your own boundaries, right? Listening to Snoop Dogg saying, rolling down the street, smoking on Indo, sipping on gin and juice, right? Maybe you're listening to the Beastie Boys talking about that brass monkey, or maybe the 3-6 Mafia talking about sipping on some scissor or, or maybe you're listening to a, a Jay Kwan talking about everybody in the club 
get tipsy, right? Maybe it's Busta Rhymes, Pastor Cavassier. <laughs> you know, maybe it's Rihanna telling you, I'll drink to that in cheers, right? <laughs> Whatever. I don't know what you're influenced by, but, but maybe it's not alcohol. Maybe your influence is lust. Maybe you've been, you're being influenced and controlled by self-security. Maybe it's greed or, or selfishness. Maybe it's pride. Some of us, I experience folks all over who are consumed with anger, anger or retaliation or some type of hate for another group of people because they don't think like them. Mm. When you've had too much of anything that is influential, right? You become controlled by that thing. You become under the influence. You say, well, uh, you know, uh, whenever you're in those situations, you always do something that you regret later. You always say what you really don't mean to say. You always uh, uh, do something that you'll be embarrassed by in the morning. You always uh, 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 participate in activities uh, that bring guilt and shame. Notice that alcohol is not condemned in this passage or throughout the entire Bible. I want to be clear with that. Alcohol is not condemned, but our decisions with it are what's condemned. Right? That's, that's why it's called spirits. We get under the influence of a spirit that can control us. I think what Paul is saying is don't choose to allow yourself to be influenced by a spirit that will only harm you. Choose to be influenced by the spirit of God that wants to empower you. I remember being under such influence by the spirit, right? And I was, uh, I remember teaching a Bible study one day and, uh, it was one evening I'm teaching Bible study and, and just the spirit took over I, uh, the phrases that were coming out of my mouth, the, the knowledge that was coming out I, that I really didn't know the, the, the words of wisdom that was impacting people's lives uh, was absolutely straight from God. He took over. And I remember, my lead pastor at the time, he, he was listening. I, I didn't know he was eavesdropping, had the glass on the door. I don't know what he was doing, but I know that he was listening in because after the, 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 the teaching, he came to me and he said this. He said, I just want to confirm with you and in you that God was using you to teach that class. And he said, I want to confirm with you that your spiritual gift is teaching. That God uses you when you're doing that. You see, when you commit to follow Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, he gives you his spirit. And that spirit brings with him these divine enablements, gifts, right? Uh, something that you couldn't do before. Or he enhances your natural ability in order to go beyond, extend your gifting beyond what you could have ever done in your own power. You see, we're going to have a spiritual gifts class this September. So mark it down on your calendar and keep your eyes open when we open up Wednesday night classes again. Don't, you don't want to miss that. Also, I would love for you to mark your calendar for Friday, September 23rd. That's when Pastor Steve Nicholson 
who's one of the OGs. He's, he's one of the, fa- the, 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 the founding members of the vineyard, right? He was a, a founding pastor of the Evanston Vineyard Church right outside of Chicago. He, he studied under uh, uh, John Wimber, who's the founder of the Vineyard Movement, right? And he is going to come here to Mercy Vineyard Church September 23rd to lead a Holy Spirit night. And then the next day, he's going to lead a prayer ministry training. You don't want to miss that, so mark your calendars. Come on out to that Holy Spirit night and be refilled by the Holy Spirit. Be reignited with that fire that he places within each one of us. Now, how do we get this Holy Spirit power? How how do we uh, access it? Well, in the vineyard, we believe that we simply invite the Holy Spirit to come, right? Maybe you hear me pray or some other people pray, and we often say, come Holy Spirit, or will you come and take over? Will you come and have your way, right? We invite him into our lives to take over, to fill us, to do his divine work through us. You see, the Spirit operates powerfully when we invite him, and watch this, and when we get together in community. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1 reads, When the day of Pentecost came, that's when the Holy Spirit came and, and, and was uh, miraculously moved through 120 people. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. I think that this verse is powerful, right? God never intended for us to live this life alone. God never intended us to attempt to change the world alone. God never intended for us to experience his divine, powerful presence in solitude only. No, we need community. We need the community of faith, right? The church to support us, to to encourage us, to even challenge us along our Christian journey. In this chapter, chapter 2 of Acts, we witness the Holy Spirit moving mightily among the believers, watch this, when they were unified, when they were all together, when they were meeting physically together. And those of you who are online, you're still a part of this community. When you are meeting with us right here, watching online and participating in online small groups, God bless you and we thank you so much for participating. Being a part of the group. You see, when we're gathered together, whether online or in person, for the mission that Christ laid out for us to be witnesses, right? The Spirit, we see in this instance, manufactured miracles through the believers for the purpose of showing other people that Jesus Christ was Lord, right? He can use anybody to do anything. If we jump down to verse number six, It says, when they heard the sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken, right? Amazing. See, I believe that God is going to do something miraculous with Mercy Vineyard Church. I believe that he's going to do something beyond the scope of our understanding through our gathering together. The more you participate online, the more you participate in person, I believe that God is moving mightily through our togetherness, through our unity. Right? When we strive together to make his name known, to make his name great, 
we'll see him do some amazing, miraculous things. You see, all of the gifts that he's given, we'll see some of them throughout this chapter of chapter 2 and throughout the New Testament. I believe that all of the gifts are possible. All of the gifts are active. We're not cessationists. We don't believe that God uh, uh, chose out a couple of gifts to, to continue and chose a couple of gifts to just like throw away. No, God doesn't sleep. He's not slumbering. He's not chilling. No, he is active in our lives, in our ministries, and in all the gifts that he created. You see, uh, some people talk about this gift of tongues, and I think that uh, all of the gifts are relevant and active if you use them appropriately according to scripture right now yes the miraculous gift of tongues would be awesome if uh you jump in your private jet and go and fly to your next meeting with vladimir putin and you can amazingly out of nowhere speak russian and you convert him to christianity that'd be awesome go do that 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 is awesome miraculous i I hope you do that (laughs) but you know what What would be more miraculous, I believe, would be if we collectively, in unity, use our language, our voices, right, to speak up for the economically disenfranchised right here in the Twin Cities. If we would use our voices and speak up for the homeless population right, right down the street here in the quarry. If we would, would, would get together and, 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 and talk to people who have some power to put policies in place that will actively and help, helpfully impact those uh, who are homeless, those who are economically disenfranchised, those who are hungry, those who are naked, those who don't have homes, those who, who don't have shelter, anything, right? Matthew chapter 25 tells us all about this. They said, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you gave me clothes. When I didn't have anywhere to live, you took care of me. And they said, Jesus, when do we see you like that? He said, when you did it for the least of these. When is our Christianity going to become reality? When are we going to speak up and reach out to the least of these? When is our voice going to be used for the ministry of Jesus? When are we going to be his witnesses? The Twin Cities would be in awe if we, Mercy Vineyard, along with other Christian communities here, would gather together in unity and in love to show that Jesus Christ is our Lord, Lord over our lives, Lord over our finances, Lord over our thoughts, Lord over our speech and the words we use, and Lord over our actions right here in our own community. The power of the Holy Spirit is available to us. He works for the good of humanity through his local unified church, and that's us. The church, rooted in Jesus Christ, is the hope of the world. And that's why I believe Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is so powerful. That's why I started off with it. Because he says that you're going to be witnesses. I want you to be witnesses with this power in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. That's probably the King James Version. I'm just quoting off the top of my head. That's what I grew up with, right? Anyway, what is he saying for us in that? He's saying, just like for them, start where you are. You see, they were in Jerusalem 
And he said each one of those places spread out after they got stronger, after they started at home and got their feet wet. They got their hands dirty in their own backyard. Then they started expanding. You get in the book of Acts uh, and read Antioch, the church that was the first church to send out missionaries. But they had to get their feet wet at home first. So what is he saying? Be a witness today. Start in your own neighborhood. Start in your own house if you have people in your home who don't believe. Maybe they're sitting there watching with you now. Talk to them about Jesus. Talk to the people in your own neighborhood. Then stretch out to your city, to the state, then the nation, then the entire world will see impacted by the goodness of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, will you take a next step with me today, this week? Uh, I talked a lot about the book of Acts. I'd love for you to join me in a reading plan this week. Over the next seven days, let's read the book of Acts together. Will you commit to that? The book of Acts is 28 chapters. That means divided by seven, that's quick math, four chapters a day. It's not that much. Will you commit to reading the book of Acts throughout this week? I'd love for you to do that so we can learn more about this early church and how the Holy Spirit took control and impacted people's lives in that time. Listen, make sure you do that as well as save the date, September 23rd, uh, for that Holy Spirit night with Steve Nicholson. Thank you so much. And now we will have a communion.